We'll read this evening from 1 Kings chapter 20. We'll first look at verse 23. 1 Kings 20, 23, it says, And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, that is Ben-Hadad, Their gods are gods of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And then verse 28 of that same chapter. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore I will deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. God is a God of the hills, and he is a God of the valleys. This chapter falls, if it's in chronological order, shortly after Elijah's victories and his uh, anointing or, or call of Elisha. I don't read here that the man of God that came in chapter 20 was either Elijah or Elisha, so it does not really identify him. But we understand that Ben-Hadad, the leader of the Syrians, laid siege in, in Samaria where Ahab was. We don't think too much good about Ahab, do we? I've always wondered, sometimes we pick Bible names for our children. Never, I, I knew a man that had a horse named Ahab. I've never known anybody that named anything Jezebel, uh, certainly. So we don't read much good about, about Ahab. But the Lord loves his people, and in spite Sometimes, in Bible times, in spite of their leadership going astray, and even the people going astray, God is not going to let his name be dishonored. Here it says that they laid siege, and, and Ben-Hadad made, made demands. They outnumbered the children of Israel. He sent messengers and, and said... The silver and their gold is mine, your wives also, and thy children, even the goodliest, are mine. And it seems that Ahab agreed to those terms. And when he sent back agreement for his messengers, then Ben-Hadad made other demands and said, I'm going to send my, I'm paraphrasing now, uh, my people in and we're going to look over everything that you have and we're going to take everything that we want and Ahab decided that was too much he'd gone too far but it says there came a prophet in verse 13 of this chapter unto Ahab king of Israel saying thus saith the Lord hast thou seen all this great multitude behold I will deliver it into thine hand this day and thou shalt know that I am the Lord and in fact, there is a battle. Ben-Hadad had, says had, had drank himself drunk and his men, but he must have been that confident in victory. But they came up against uh, Samaria, and God's people uh, uh, defeated them miserably. And they won a great victory. 
But then uh, a prophet came and, and told Ahab, by the turn of the year, return of the year, the king of Syria will come up against you again. And that's where the 23rd verse comes in, where the servants of the king of Syria said, well, you know, the, the Israel, Israel's God is a God of the hills. So let's, let's take them down into the valley, and there we will defeat them. I've, I've been, and, and many perhaps have, I've seen some of the fortresses and castles, especially in Eastern Europe. They're all built up in, up in the mountain, up, up on top of a hill. I suppose that naturally that's a better defense. You can look down and see the enemy coming from all directions. So it makes sense that that would be a battle that more easily won, perhaps. And, and so uh, it, it, perhaps it was a good battle plan. I've not read uh, uh, too many military books. But it seemed like it would have been a good battle plan. But, but uh, since they were defeated, then let's, let's, let's go down in the valley and let's... Let's uh, go after them there, and we can win this battle. But it says, and it gives the number of the armies, uh, it was a greater army than, than before, that they went down, and, uh, uh, and then it's, it, it, it comes into that 28th verse, where it says, The Lord God is a God of the hills, but he is not a God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And it says, and they pitched one over against the other seven days. And so it was that the seventh day the battle was joined and the children of Israel slew the Syrians, a hundred thousand footmen in one day. The great victory that they had won in the hills was overshadowed by the greater victory they won in the valley. Well, the Old Testament is full of battles We read Paul, Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or, or physical, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. He also says, Paul does, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So we're admonished and encouraged to take uh, these spiritual uh, uh, implements of this uh, of, of armor so that we can stand. But the fact is, God's a God of the hills and of the valleys. Think, we, we talk sometimes around here about mountaintop experiences. We, we heard some testify this evening about being born again. Well, that's a, that's a mountaintop experience. Why, when, when the Lord comes into our hearts and, and we're changed, and I've, I've known many people that said they, they left the church that evening or that morning, they felt like they could walk on air. Mine was a little bit different than that. I knew I was saved. I knew my sins were forgiven. I can't say that uh, angels sang from heaven or anything like that, but, but it was a mountaintop experience. I, I, I can say that when the Lord sanctified me, 
I, I was praying at, at an altar in Roseburg and, and uh, had consecrated, dedicated, sanctified myself in that sense that I had set myself apart, consecrated every aspect of my life. Lord, I'll, I'll serve you. I'll do whatever you, you want me to do. And, 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 and that's our part. But I remember God coming down and it was, it was like something burned inside of my chest. And, and I, it was, it was though, and I'm not a person that dreams dreams or sees visions, but, but this, it felt like something left my body. If I would have gone home and weighed myself, I, I think I'd have lost about 10 pounds, it felt like. The old nature, the sin nature was gone. That was a mountaintop experience. And the Lord, Lord is, is the God of mountains. He's the God of the hills. We receive uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's a mountaintop experience. But you know, God, God's a God of the valleys too. Why, what did the psalmist say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Well, we praise God for the mountaintop experience, but we praise God in the valley too because the victory there is going to be greater than the mountaintop experience. Imagine that. Jesus said that he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And he he said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, he says, the things that I do, greater things will you do because I go to the Father. Greater things. He he, he might have been speaking of the, the power that would come into our lives when we go through those those experiences in the valley. What kinds of things, you know, we remember Bible heroes. Why do we remember Daniel? He went into the lion's den, didn't he? He came out, though, didn't he? Why do we remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Because they went into the fiery furnace. And when the king Nebuchadnezzar looked in there, he did not just see those three, but he saw forth like unto the Son of God. Because God is a, is a God of the valley. He's a God that goes into the furnace. And I've always, I've always been amazed. In fact, I would give credit. I have several of my former pastors here. And I remember sitting in a service in Roseburg. And, and um, Brother Randy Baltzell was my pastor. And he, and he talked about how they had greater freedom in the, in the furnace than they had outside of it. Because their bonds were burned, they were burned off. And they were walking free in there. Our God is a God of, of, of the valley and is, is a God of the fiery furnace. And the victory there was greater than any that they had experienced. And we remember them because they went into the furnace and came out free. Why do we remember Paul and Silas? Because they went into the prison, didn't they? Because uh, their backs were bleeding and their feet were fastened in the stocks and they were, they were in the valley. You can't get any deeper than that in the, in the, in the innermost part of the, of the prison. But at midnight, what did they do? Well, they felt sorry for each other, didn't they? No, they didn't. No, they, it says they prayed and they sang praises to God and, and the prisoners heard them. Why, what a prayer meeting that must have been down there in the prison. And we, we, we get the advantage of knowing Paul and Silas didn't know what would happen, but we know that there was a great earthquake and their bonds fell off of them and they were set free. A great victory, greater than any mountaintop experience. But what kind of experiences do we go through that we might call valley experiences? What about, what about sickness? 
We have a couple of saints in Roseburg that are going through that, that valley right now. Uh, great sickness. What about great loss? I, I remember a time, uh, been several years ago, but I remember I had incurred a debt. And some of it was my own fault, and some of it was because of uh, a downturn in the economy. But I remember looking at a debt and thinking, I, I'm never going to dig myself out of this. And someone advised me, they said, you get yourself into debt, kind of like you get yourself out of or you get yourself out of it, kind of like you got into it a little bit at a time. I was looking for a quick fix, or any fix, frankly. But I, but I remember uh, uh, praying and, and agonizing over this. Well, it's kind of too personal really to talk about in detail. But the Lord got me out. <laughs> and he told me, don't ever do that again. I, I won't promise you I'm going to get you out the next time. Uh, but, but sometimes we look, at, we look at loss, financial. Sometimes we look at uh, uh, even mental health crisis that come upon us, that take us down in the, in the depths of despair. Sometimes there, there's a great loss. Uh, in a relationship, or even a great loss of life, someone dear to us that is tragically taken, and it sends us into a, a valley of despair. Well, we can thank God that He's a God of the valleys, uh, and the victory that He has for you and for me um, is much greater uh, when He brings us out. Uh, you know, when when those mountaintop experiences, it's it's easy to praise God. It's easy to thank him and get up and testify and, and uh, say why the Lord's been with me and he's given me great victory, uh, why those are mountaintop experiences. But what is it like? I, I've known people that have stood to their feet and testified about how good God was, and you found out later they were going through the worst time of their life. But they determined that in the valley that their God was a God of the valley. And they determined by praising God in the worst possible time that they would praise him and and thank him anyway and the lord brought them through so our god is a god of the hills yes he certainly is but he's also a god of the valleys we may find ourselves tonight going through the most difficult times of life young middle-aged elderly whatever our state of life is I, I can say, along with the psalmist, I have been young, and now I am old. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You know, David had seen a lot of things, hadn't he? Why, he had he'd been a shepherd boy, uh, the, the lion and the bear he'd killed, and the victory over uh, Goliath. He had seen great victory. He had seen great failure. David had, when he doubted God and when he was disobedient. But yet he, in all the things he said, he says, I, I, I've seen everything in life, but there's one thing I haven't seen. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. God is the God of the, uh, the hills. God is the God of the valleys. And if you're, by all means, if you're on top of it, if God has blessed you beyond measure and you're on one of those mountaintops right now, thank God and praise him tonight in prayer. But if you're down in the valley, 
Praise God and thank Him. Thank Him for the valley because the victory is coming and the victory is going to be much greater, much greater than any mountaintop experience you've ever had. God will bring you out of the valley up to the mountaintop this evening evening as we sung, sing a song of invitation. You're invited to bow on your knees, cry out to God, and expect an answer this very evening.